Hey everybody, welcome back. It is Saturday and man oh man, yes. we have so much DC news to oh talk about. Oh my gosh. RIP DCEU, long live forever DCU. So yeah, oh my gosh, what does that mean? We're going to tell you absolutely everything, guys. We're going to clear it all up for you. You're going to know what to know and you're going to know what to not know moving <laughs> forward in the DC universe. I mean, everybody wants to know about the Trinity, too. Everybody wants to know Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, what's happening with all these characters? Well, we have all of that information for you right now. Well, let's get a little crazy. Guys, 217, yes. and we're back in action. Hell yes. That's right. Your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mal. What's up? Man, oh man, before we tease anything else, be sure to leave a rating on this podcast, comment below, and tell us what you actually think about this show. Because leaving a rating actually helps the podcast with the algorithm getting seen by more people, especially those who love entertainment news or those who are trying to break into the entertainment industry. Hell yes. Oh, man. Man, oh man, there's a lot happening in Hollywood, especially with superheroes. But before we get this thing started, be sure to head over to our merchandise website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We got shirts, we got hats. By the next time we do this show, we should have coffee mugs to yes. represent for each and every one of <laughs> you so that you can start sipping some coffee while listening to Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Yes. So super excited about it, guys. But man, oh man, DCU. That's right. No E anymore. No E. Nope. No more. This week's industry news will be completely devoted to the most talked about story in Hollywood. The new DCU and what we think is going to be the best way to tell you about everything. And we're going to share our thoughts at the end. Um, so let's jump right in. Three months after James Gunn and Peter Safran officially started running the newly created DC I can't believe Studios, it's already been three months. I know. I mean, time just flies, <laughs> man. Um, with Warner Brothers Discovery, the co-chiefs have finally announced the first 10 film and TV titles within the rebooted DC universe. Before we jump into the new projects, though, they did address current films that are set to release like Shazam! Fury of the Gods, The Flash, Blue Beetle, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Now, those will all still be released and led directly to into the new DCU. Yeah, that that's so we'll talk about that because it it's a little bit confusing, but we're going to talk about we that. Will. Now to build the overarching story for the new DCU, I thought this was a brilliant idea. James Gunn actually brought together a writers room of Drew Goddard from Daredevil, the mm. Netflix Daredevil, Jeremy Slater from Moon Knight, Christina Hobson from The Flash and Batgirl. Yes, that Batgirl. Uh Crystal Henry from Watchmen and then comic book writer Tom King from the Batman series of Brave and the Bold mm. and Mr. Miracle. Now, Gunn indicated that at least some of these writers would continue working on DCU projects. Uh, what they came up with is the first stage of the rebooted cinematic universe, which will be called, are you ready? 
chapter one, Gods and Monsters. I love this. So they're going away from phase like Marvel, right? Chapter as in comic book chapter. I love that. I think it's a great name. Gun and Saffron's initial chapter will aim to tell one story across live action and animated movies, TV shows, and video games. Mm. Now, the plan is to release roughly two films and two TV series per year into the DCU. Now, Gunn and Saffron revealed that no directors or actors have been attached to any projects, with the exception of Viola Davis, who will remain in her role as the immoral, self-imposed superintendent of the DC Universe, Amanda Waller. Now, you guys know she originated the role in 2016 Suicide Squad. Saffron and Gunn left the door open, however, for Gail Gadot, Jason Momoa, Ezra Miller and Zachary Levi to continue playing their respective DC superheroes of Wonder Woman, Aquaman, The Flash, and Shazam. But Gunn reiterated that Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck will not continue as Superman and Batman. The exec said they will be casting new actors in those two roles. So exactly what does all of this mean, and what does that mean when it all of this happens? Well, Andy Muschietti's, uh from The Flash and It, which is scheduled to premiere um, in June 2023, the Flash movie that he directed, will effectively reset the DCU mm. as fam fans currently know it but according to gun will not reset everything though meaning some characters will continue to be portrayed by the same actors in the forthcoming dc universe projects whereas others will be completely recast like the ones you just mentioned affleck and cavill right so so and what does that mean for keaton's batman what does that mean for a bunch of different things I love the idea, we know, and we'll dive deeper into this, but obviously what they mean by the reset is it's going to be the Flashpoint storyline from the comic books where he basically goes back to try to save his mother from being killed, and it just resets the timeline in the multiverse. And and so this is their way of cleaning up all of the shit they don't want and keeping the stuff they do want, which I think is a really good idea. Now, here's a breakdown of details about uh, the upcoming projects, and we'll start with the movies. First up is Superman Legacy. Now, it's set to open July 11th, 2025. Mm. Superman Legacy will mark the official start of the DCU, but will not be an origin story of the Man of Steel. Clark Kent will be about 25 years old and already living in Metropolis and working at the Daily Planet. He will also already be an established hero with a little bit of experience as Superman. The film will focus on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. He is the embodiment of truth, justice, and the American way. Mm. He is kindness in a world that thinks of kindness as old-fashioned. Gunn is writing the project and will likely, at least if Peter Safran has anything to say about it, end up directing it as well. So That makes sense. This man has been posting like crazy on Twitter about Superman, so it only makes sense. Now, The Authority. Now, this one is very interesting. Superman Legacy will lead directly into The Authority, an ensemble movie about superhumans who have a less-than-idolistic approach to saving the world. Mm. The characters come from Wildstorm, which was launched in 1992 as an independent entity uh, and were later folded into the main DC Comics universe when the company rebooted and is continually uh, with the new 52 initiative in uh, 2011. Now, Gain Gunn said (laughs) he and Safran intended to do the same thing with Wildstorm characters in the DCU. 
Now, the authority is an ends justify the means superhero team who basically believe that you can't fix the world in an easy manner. Mm. And they take things into their own hands, Saffron said, and quote, they're kind of like Jack Nicholson and a few good men. Uh, <laughs> they know that you want them on the wall, or at least they believe that. So I'm really excited about that. It kind of sounded like the Eternals a little bit, but in the sense of doing things their own way and what they think should be right on how to save the world. Oh yeah, for sure. I've got some thoughts on what else it sounds like a little bit, but like I said, we're going to get all through this and then we'll dive into what we think or don't think about all of it. Um, but I've got, a, I, 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 there's a, one other thing I think it reminds me of. Uh, okay. So the next is the brave and the bold. Now, super excited about this. This film will serve as the introduction to the new Batman into the DCU. Along with introducing the DCU's version of Batman, the brave and the bold will also introduce the Bat family mm. first among them robin now thank god because chris o'donnell's way back batman <laughs> so this will be the first time he's back in live action film since then and this version of robin is not going to be dick grayson mm. instead it's going to be damian wayne now if you're not a comic book fan damian is bruce wayne's actual biological son a fact unknown to bruce for the first eight to ten years of damian's life damian <laughs> is an assassin and a murderer now gunn said the film will be a very strange sort of father and son story about the two of them Mm, very interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll dive into that one. Supergirl, The Woman of Tomorrow, mm. based on the comic book run of the same title from 2021's and 2022's Woman of Tomorrow, features Superman's cousin, Kara Zor-El, uh, who is very different is a very different type of Supergirl. The film will highlight the difference between Superman, who was sent to Earth and raised by loving parents from the time he was an infant, versus Supergirl, who was raised on a rock chip off of Krypton um, and watched everyone around her die and be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life. Now, Gunn said this Supergirl will be, quote, much more hardcore. Mm. Damn. Yeah. Oh, it's so much to talk about on that one. All right. Next up, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing will investigate the dark origins of Swamp Thing through the prism of horror. Now, little is known about the plot other than it's a much more horrific film, but we'll still have Swamp Thing interact with other characters in the DCU. How that's going to happen, I don't know. We'll talk about that a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Now, that's the movie side of it. Now, here's the television side. We can start with uh, Creature Commandos. Mm. This is an animated series for HBO Max. Uh, is the very first project greenlit by Saffron and Gunn, actually, who has written every single episode. Of course he has. <laughs> um, the show is already in production. The group first appeared in comics in 1980 and featured Frankenstein's monster teaming up with a werewolf, a vampire, and a gorgon to fight Nazis in World War II. <laughs> <laughs> it's not clear if the series will take the same approach, but Gunn did confirm that Weasel from Suicide Squad is one of the commandos, alongside Rick Flagg's father, Rick Flagg Sr. Gunn. Uh, Gunn also said the the actor to voice the characters on the show will also play the roles in the live action uh, films later on in the DCU. So that's very exciting. That's something different that Marvel 
somewhat did, but it kind of didn't at the same time. Yeah, yeah, in the what if, right? Yeah. They took the act, but they they did it reverse. They took the live action and voiced animation. Now yeah. he's going to do it the other I way I like around. that, though. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Uh, interesting thoughts on that one, too. I mean, Boy, this is going to be fun to dive into it all. Uh, next up is Waller. Now, with Gunn focused on Superman Legacy for the foreseeable future, Season 2 of Peacemaker has been put on hold. But don't worry. Instead, Team Peacemaker will appear alongside Viola Davis's Amanda Waller as a continuation of Peacemaker, nice. which ended with Waller's daughter, of course, Leota, uh, outing the Task Force X, a.k.a. the Suicide Squad, and Waller's role running it in the world. Now, Waller will be executive produced by Crystal Henry alongside Jeremy Carver, who created the beloved DC series Doom Patrol, Ugh. which was recently canceled by HBO Max. As James Gunn said, don't blame them. They didn't do that. Uh, both Creature Commandos and Waller are expected to debut before Superman Legacy. So those are the official kickoff of the DCU. Superman Legacy is the first film in the DCU, just to clear that up. For sure. Now, Lanterns, this is a live-action series that will focus on two of the best-known members of the Green Lanterns Corps. Now, those are Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, who investigate a mystery that plays a really big role uh, into a main story that's being told across film and television. Mm. This project is separate from a Green Lantern series that was being developed by Green or Greg Berlanti, which is now no longer longer moving forward yeah that kind of sucks yeah for him it does yeah i mean that's kind of like once i guess uh superman and lois goes off the air that's definitively the end of greg berlanti's run with the dc properties in the arrowverse yeah uh hmm. but we'll talk about that too there's some news about that too uh paradise lost is up next now this one sounds super fucking exciting to me this game of thrones ish story is set on the island of Themyscira and will Paradise Island for all those who don't know <laughs> and will follow a civil war on Themyscira before the birth of Diana mm. aka Wonder Woman. It's about the political intrigue behind a society of all women. How did that come about? What's the origin of the island of all women? What are the beautiful truths and the ugly truths behind all of that? And what's the scheming like between the different power players in that society? So we're going to learn the, the, the nature of the island. Yeah. Where are all the men? How did they become? How did it become an island of all? I love that. I love that. I think that's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm interested about that one. Now, finally, Booster Gold. Now, while he may not be familiar to casual fans of DC, the character, also known as Mike Carter, is a fan favorite among yeah. devoted comic book readers. In the 21st or 25th century, Mike is a disgraced former football star who uses a time machine on a display in the Metropolis Space Museum to come back to today and pretend to be a superhero. Basically... Booster Gold is a imposter who tries to be a superhero. He's got that little imposter syndrome, you know. So, yeah, I'm yeah. he is a really popular and 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 uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that because he is really popular in the comic books, y'all. So the big question is, what did we not talk about right there? Right, where does that leave other DC projects like Matt Reeves's The Batman franchise, Todd Phillips' The Joker franchise, the animated series Teen Titans Go, and what about HBO Max's Harley Quinn? Well, Gunn and Safran confirm that they will move forward under the banner of 
Elseworlds projects. Now, if you're a comic book fan, you know what this means. That's the name used in DC Comics to denote out-of-continuity multiverse stories, meaning these will take place outside of the DCU. So, I mean, there you go. It's very interesting, too, because there are a whole bunch of these different stories swirling around. And it's nice to get some clarification because we've always been like, get your shit together. Yeah. Well, uh, Gunn and Safran confirmed that Todd Phillips' Joker, Foulet Edru, goodness, uh, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga is set to release October 4th of 2024. And that Robert Pattinson's Batman Return is set to hit theaters October 3rd of 2024. And will be titled The Batman Part 2. Additional information for the films, including plot synopsis, uh, remain under wraps for now. Reeves is also gearing up to shoot the spinoff series centered on Colin Farrell's The Penguin character. So I guess that one also falls into Elseworld. Uh, For sure. Yep. And this one likely will fall into Elseworld as well. We also know that a separate Superman movie produced by J.J. Abrams and written by Tanishi Coates remains in active development. Gunn and Safran said they are eagerly awaiting a draft of Coates' screenplay. Now this one could could indeed touch on the black Superman. So um, I, I think that that's probably a good idea, but we'll almost wholeheartedly fall into the Elseworld category. So, Oh, for sure, man. For sure. I mean, I just, I don't know. There's a lot to dive into and there's a lot of stuff that, you know, when he was talking about it, I was getting excited because there's some characters that I have absolutely no idea about. Um, but I mean, I think we should start with the elephant in the room and that is... Ezra Miller having the possibility to come back. Yeah, so so I get it. They're using the Flash movie as the reset, right? So it's kind of odd to just then recast. What is he going to do, reset himself? So it's kind of odd to recast the character if he is going to be the focal point of resetting the universe. Um, they were asked about Ezra Miller uh, at this press conference, and they said... Um, they are working really hard towards their recovery. They seem to be all in on getting better and they do see themselves, uh, returning when they're ready to filmmaking and the franchise. Um, and Gunn and Safran made it clear that they believe that Miller is indeed getting better and that they're, it's a wait and see game at this point. Um, the option is on the table, but it's still, I, it sounds like to me contingent upon whether Ezra will follow through on and actually get better. But uh, Gunn and Safran seem to say at this press conference that they have met with him at least a few times and see progress and see that he is working hard on his mental health and trying to get better. So, yeah, I think I don't necessarily see it as a bad decision because everybody deserves a second chance. DC is literally built off of second chances because of James Gunn, obviously that whole situation with Disney and guardians of the galaxy. And just, I just feel like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't mind him staying as the character. Let me put that out first and foremost. I don't mind him staying as the character. I still cannot go see this film in theaters because of the back end points that he will receive because he shot this film either during or prior to all of this hellacious shit that he had come out. And it was. It was very hellacious. And personally, I would like to see him do more charitable work, be more out there, take the Robert Downey Jr. journey. 
I guess we could say, and start being out there, being try to be show the world who you could be and show the world that you're not this person who you are perceived to be. So I think he really has a lot of soul searching to do. Of course, he should do it for himself first. Yeah. But then after that, he needs to publicly do that as well. I, I think agree. that's the way he's going to earn back a lot of people's respect and love. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting situation. Um, I still, morally, I still can't go see the Flash film in theater. I'll have to wait until HBO Max. But like I said, I'm I'm not opposed to the situation because everybody fucks up. We're all human. And especially if there's medication involved and mental illness, like we said. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm very curious to see how this whole situation moves forward because it is a lot it is dirty it is grimy but everybody deserves the second chance i agree yeah and um apparently critics test audiences executives fans anybody who has seen this film have all agreed it's one of the greatest superhero films ever made and is at like like a stellar level of filmmaking. So that's a lot to live up to. And so I hope that it is that good. I hope it is a definitive reset of the DCU that they can build off of. Now, so Wonder Woman and Jason Momoa, right? You heard that, that Wonder Woman, Gail Gadot, apparently they've talked to Gail Gadot and she is uh, wanting to come back as Wonder Woman. She's willing to come back as Wonder Woman, but they had nothing great to say about Wonder Woman 1984. Mm. They thought it didn't even play into the original Wonder Woman and just completely failed the franchise and fucked up Wonder Woman in every way possible. Now, they like Gail Gadot, but they have no plans of moving forward with anything previously made with wonder woman so what does that mean will she come in and and be like after the uh paradise lost storyline you know and go from there um i don't necessarily disagree with any of that no i don't either i i so so i like all that and i like that they're going to tell the story of the amazons prior to us seeing wonder woman again it's not like gail gadot is getting old she she's great she'll still be a wonderful wonder woman no matter when they decide to pop her back up momoa they said when they addressed jason momoa that obviously aquaman 2 is coming out and it will play directly into the beginning of the dcu now they said that Momoa has always thought of Aquaman as a trilogy. Mm. They kind of agree with that, but it's going to have to see on the success of Aquaman 2. Um, And then there's been rumors, right? Because we want to dispel any of the rumors out there. There have been a lot of rumors out there that they were bailing on Momoa playing Aquaman so that he could play Lobo, uh, which is kind of like a... um, a space biker. He's kind of a badass that goes around and fights a lot of people like, you know, kind of a thing, which I mean, Momoa would be fantastic at, but they cleared that up real quick saying none of our actors will play more than one character. So either that means their Aquaman will end after Aquaman two and Momoa will become another character, maybe Lobo or Somebody else will be Lobo, and he will continue on as Aquaman. Either way, Momoa seems to be staying in uh, the DCU, so one way or the other. Um, Zachary Levi, 
they they talked about Zachary Levi and they, and so Shazam right that it's coming out like right around the corner y'all um he will be part of the DCU but they don't know when or how according to Saffron who obviously is the producer on the Shazam movies um they just haven't figured out how to work him into the new DCU yet. So he will likely be around. They'll like, he will show up again. They just don't know when or how because they're trying to figure that out. Mm. Um, so that, that takes care of Flash. That takes care of Wonder Woman. That takes care of Aquaman. That takes care of Shazam. Now, what about Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck? Well, Henry Cavill, it, it was all over the place, and I'm sure you guys have heard all of, that he was fired, unceremoniously let go. They hated him. They didn't like him. They didn't want any part of him. Saffron and Gunn both said absolutely not true. They met with Cavill. They discussed their plans for the future of Superman and explained to him that he just didn't fit into the future of what they were trying to do with Superman because he was too old and that they were moving in a different direction. It had nothing to do whether they liked Cavill or not or didn't want Cavill or not. It's just they were moving in a different direction where Superman was significantly younger and they needed to recast. Simple as that. Ben Affleck will not be moving forward as Batman because of the same reason. They are recasting at a much younger Batman. However, he will be they have confirmed this at least a few years older than the new Superman. So as we told you, the new Superman is going to be about 25. We're gathering from that that maybe the new Batman will likely be around 30, which makes sense because he's got a 10-year-old son or between 10 and 13 with Damien. So 30 seems about right. Now, Affleck's... Um, Role in the DCU, though, is not over. Apparently, they are talking to him, and he has expressed interest in wanting to direct a DCU project. That Whether that's a, the Brave and the Bold film or, or something completely away from Batman or whatever, we do not know. But he's not walking away from the DCU. He's just not going to be in front of the camera on the DCU. I like all of this. I, 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 I think that that's the right decision on all of that. I agree because, I mean, despite like our own personal opinions, Affleck and Cavill, those were the two that a lot of people had mixed feelings about. So, I mean, it makes sense that, you know, especially with going in this new direction with the youngerness, like it makes sense not even, you know, trying to entertain the idea of bringing them back as those characters. And it seems like they everything was separated amicably, like the, sitting them all both down and having conversations about, hey, this is our plan. This isn't really how we're working. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that just makes complete sense. And I love how, you know, the... Everybody is still in conversations for, you know, Shazam trying to figure that situation out and Gal and uh, uh, Jason. So, I mean, just trying to navigate everything, especially with those three characters, I feel like is very, very special because those three films are very beloved by the fans. Take away the second Wonder Woman. Yeah, and I like the idea that they're they're taking their time yeah. and figuring out how and when to place Wonder Woman and Shazam and Flash and Aquaman because they don't want to just run and gun and just throw them in there because they have them. They want to make sure it fits the story right and makes sense with where well, they show up. I mean, that's up. been the last decade of the DC Universe, so I think they are learning very great from their predecessor. So it only makes complete sense. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm really surprised with what they're doing and what they came out with because we were very like – 
taken back by all these cancellations. What are they doing? What are they not doing? And so I'm very excited. Um, one specifically, because I know you and I have talked about this a lot. Um, Superman never really was like a big superhero to me. Like, I understand that he's the pinnacle. He's the one that they all look up to. He's the superhero of all superheroes. I know all that. But for me, I've never seen a Superman that I'm just like, that's the guy. That's the guy right there. So, I mean, I, I just, I'm really excited to see what they do with this new Superman legacy film and to see how they play into that. And, you know, I think it's going to be a great turn of the leaf because Superman is supposed to be the pinnacle, the, the guy you're well, supposed to look up to. So I think it's the absolute right decision that Superman legacy will be the kickoff film yeah, in the DCU for sure as it should be, because look, there, there, there is no denying, you know, Kevin Feige has said it. Jeff Johns has said it. James Gunn has said it. Uh, basically anybody who's anybody in the comic book and film industry has said that Superman, the movie is the bar. It's the one they all want to be. It's the level that they all attain to reach. Um, he is the definitive Superman and everything that he stood for. Hence why I think that James Gunn wasn't scared to say he's the embodiment of truth, justice, and the American way. Remember, they tried to change that up they a did. little bit ago, <laughs> yeah. and, and that didn't go over well. Yeah. So I don't think Gunn was scared to say it because that is what the Christopher Reeve Superman was. There's a reason why all these filmmakers on these superhero films try to attain that level because that's the standard of what they feel Superman should be. And, and so it only makes sense. I mean, I was an eight-year-old kid when that movie first came out. And the tagline was, you'll believe a man can fly. It was this thing where you believed in the embodiment of what this man stood for. Um, so the idea of making this the first film into the DCU, I think it's a brilliant idea. And I think naming it Legacy it's clear what they're intending to do. They're intending to reestablish that legacy of Superman and what it meant to comic books, fans, comic book films, comic book television, everything that Superman had ever been, they want to reestablish that. And so I think this is a fantastic idea mm -hmm. of and way of doing it. I will say this. They did say that they are fans of Superman and Lois, so much so that even though it's taking place completely different and it is in no way, shape, or form part of the DCU or the Elseworld stuff, it will continue for another one to two seasons because they want to wrap it up properly and give it the send-off that it deserved because they are such fans of the show and how the characters are portrayed in that show. So kudos to them for that, um, which also goes into Titans and Doom Patrol. Um, they were fans of those shows as well and were not the ones responsible for canceling those shows. They're taking a lot of heat for that, but they did not. That decision was made prior to them being announced as, as the heads of DC Films. Um, so get over that. They did not cancel those shows. They did say that they loved those shows and loved the interpretation of the characters on those shows. So I want to talk about that for just a minute because I think especially in titans i mean i love doom patrol and i love all the actors on doom patrol i think they did a fantastic job but especially on titans i think the cast that they chose for that show and the 
interpretation of the characters and the performances of those characters was spot on. That's the very first comic book I ever bought was the New Teen Titans, 1980. I was 10 years old. I was all in on that. And I think that it just captured everything that what the Titans are supposed to be. And it is my sincerest hope that they move forward, if not with all of that cast, at least some of that cast in those characters. Because here's why. Not everybody had HBO Max. It started off on DC Universe, right? So if you didn't have DC Universe, you probably didn't watch it on HBO Max because you probably never heard of it or even know what it was. So that means when you introduce these people into the DCU now, they'll be brand new to most of the viewers, to most of the fans. So it's not like they'll they'll have... It'll still be fresh and new to most of those people, even with those continued actors. And I think... Dick, Dick Grayson, Nightwing, okay? It's clear from the Brave and the Bold with Damian Wayne being the Robin, and they're establishing him at somewhere between 10 and 13 years old, that Dick is already Nightwing. He's clearly already in that stage. He's not Robin. Um, And if that is the case, and he's around, I'm going to guess around 20, 21, because he's got to be significantly older than Damian, um... Brendan Thwaites is perfect. (laughs) I mean, he's still a great Dick Grayson and a great Nightwing and right around the right age to play the character, in my opinion. And they've said that they're going to introduce the entire Bat family, which means Batgirl and Nightwing and Red Hood and uh, Tim Drake's Robin. And all of those are going to be introduced. So uh, just my opinion, I think that a lot of the Titans, and I would love to see the Titans, the Teen Titans, get another series and or a film because I think it would be badass. I mean, anyway, that's my opinion on all that. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get a second. Um, uh, I'm very excited about, you know, the progression at the, that the characters made in that one. Um, I really, I think this show is a definitive show to show you that... DC can be successful while being dark. Yeah. Um, because yeah. a lot of the flack and a lot of the opinions about the DC movies were that they were too dark, they were too campy. Well, this show is dark and campy, but it's successful. And that comes directly to the writer's room and the producers. They do such an amazing job at storytelling and bringing you all of these different characters and emotions and backgrounds and just the realness of these stories I feel like is so important with the with the movies I always felt like you know I'm I'm watching a movie this kind of is fake it that you there's it's hard to kind of connect with films if you're not completely like you know all right this is sci-fi and I got to expand my expand my mind a little bit but with these this could for sure happen in real day life. So I feel like that's why they were so successful because they made these shows real. Um, and I think that's very important. I think that's a note that James Gunn and Safran are taking from shows like Titans and Doom Patrol, like making them more real, but also adding that superpower flavor into it as well, because that's very important. But yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I'm, I'm thinking cause like, ah, it would be nice, but I, I think of uh, What's-His-Face as, like, 25, and I don't know how that would work into the storyline, but he definitely would be a great 
Nightwing again. I would love to see him. He played the character absolutely perfectly. And I mean, the girl that played Raven, Starfire, um, basically the core four. The yeah. core four, I feel like, are so spot on and so good that it's sad to see them go. And if there is areas to bring them back, I think you should. Um, but yeah, that, that's my opinions on those shows that are going away. And I mean, I'm very, I'm very interested to see how they approach those situations. Uh, me too. And because for anybody who's a fan of the comic books and, uh, uh, you know, familiar with the Damian Wayne storyline, you know, he first suits up and partners, uh, you know, as Robin with Nightwing yeah. before partnering with Batman. So because Batman didn't really want to bring him out and have him, you know, after the whole Jason Todd and the whole kind of thing. So he partnered with Nightwing first and Dick taught him yeah. to be Robin, right? Because um, if you guys don't know, so his mother is Tyla uh, uh, Raz Agul. Right, so so I mean Tala Agul, Raz Agul's daughter. So um, that's who his mother is, and she lied to Bruce and said that she had a miscarriage, and then kept the baby from him for all those years. And he was basically raised by the League of Assassins, and was killing people and was an assassin, even though he's only like ten years old. And she drops him back off at the doorstep of Bruce and says, "By the way." This is your kid yeah. uh, when he's ten years old. Uh. So that's kind of like the you know the the storyline of it. Um, and he's an asshole. He he's he's mad at Bruce. He wants no part of Bruce because he felt abandoned by him. The goal was Raz Al Ghul wanted him to replace Batman and become the new head of the League of Assassins and eventually carry on the you know Raz Al Ghul's fate. And 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 so. That didn't kind of happen, but obviously that was the goal at first. And then he learns to, you know, I guess adapt with Batman and Bruce learns to become, you know, okay, this is my son and I do love him even though he's a handful and fucking crazy. I got to, you got to deal with this. But my point going back to, I wonder if at the end of that movie, do we see Nightwing introduced and maybe the next film you know, would be the Nightwing and, and, and Damien film for that training before we see it move on from there. Not only would that be a great way to show that comic book storyline and how he learns to be Robin to go back to Batman, but it would also be the first glimpse at Nightwing, which could eventually lead to a Titans film or whatever. I just think that that's kind of the right way to do it. And to touch on your point about the Titans working so well being dark, I think that the authority that we talked about might be their, their testing ground for whether they can get away with that. I think this thing reminds me of the boys mm. where it's a superhero group that kind of doesn't fall within the parameters of how superheroes do it. They take things into their own hands. Sometimes they break laws. Sometimes they kill people. Sometimes they, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, they believe what they're doing is right. Mm -hmm. Even though, they sometimes abuse the power that they have as superheroes. Um, and so maybe that's their little testing ground into can we get away with some of the dark stuff or not? Or do we have to stray completely uh, on the straight and narrow path of, you know. So are they no kind of like antiheroes in the comic books or like how, do, how does everybody else perceive them? Yes. That's, yeah. you know, so let's put it this way, right? If Superman is standing for truth, justice in the American way and yeah. everything that embodies that with kindness – he certainly 
has a problem with the authorities' methods and how they handle it, right? Um, so yeah, they're kind of like anti-heroes. They get the job done, but not everybody likes the way they do it, including some of the other superheroes don't really like the way they're doing it. Speaking of, that's a good transition just to mention because we didn't bring it up. Dwayne Johnson did say he's kind of mellowed. He's kind of pulled back his attack a little bit yeah, on how everything pissed. went down. And he said that he is open to returning as Black Adam in the DCU whenever James Gunn and Saffron would want that to happen and however they feel that he fits best into what they're trying to do. Because he loves DC, he loves the character, and he believes that maybe they're going to do the right thing and get this thing back on track. So now he is saying he is open at whatever point down the line to return as Black Adam. I think that's probably a smart move. I think at some point maybe we will see that, but we, they just have to kind of figure out how that's going to go. Yeah, most definitely. It's it's going to be interesting to see how all of that moves forward because, I mean, the Rock's getting up there. So I Well, I mean, true. Yeah, I mean, true. if it's not within the next 10 years, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't know. We'll honest. see. Or at least it's setting a plan in place within the next 10 years you know but we'll see we'll see this next one uh, i'm super curious about because i'm you know i just said i wasn't really a big fan of superman and i'm waiting to be blown away um but and now like being a cousin of that situation i'm i i don't know what to expect of a super girl movie either so i'm i'm this one's all you because i don't know what to expect well so this one this one is not the same version as what everybody fell in love with, with Melissa Benoist on TV in the Arrowverse, where she was raised on Earth by a family uh, similar to her cousin. This is going the other route. This this comic book, actually, it's funny because all of the, the Brave and the Bold and uh, Woman of Tomorrow, Swamp Thing, several of these comic books that they cited as their inspiration for these films sold out. All sold out within days after the announcements. Jim Lee's gun said he talked to Jim Lee and he said... We're publishing more. They're coming back. Everybody will be able to get them. But this storyline, it is a very different. She's almost um, bitter and jealous mm. of her cousin at this point because she this. So th this is kind of like an asteroid section of Krypton that kind of was floating in space. Um, and never did, you know, and, a, uh, a, a, you know, a small group of Kryptonians were able to survive. And this is where she grew up and it was nasty. It was dark. Everybody was fighting for survival. It was more evil than good. She didn't have the loving Kansas parents, you know, and the, the farmland. And so, and like the description said, you know, she saw everybody around her die and get killed in terrible ways until she was like 14 and finally made it to earth. So she's far more bitter. She's far more edgy. She's, she's not scared to use her power. You right, and and she fits, in my opinion, in this storyline a bit more with like the authority. Mm. She does what she has to do to survive, and if that means sometimes going outside of the realm of what is perceived as super heroic, then she does that, and so that of course causes conflict with her cousin. Well, that's what I was about know, to say. So, I feel like you know, with you saying that, and with what James Gunn was describing the Superman legacy film, I feel like there might be a lot of matchups between these two, at least every once in a while. You know, so I'm curious. I'm curious to see how that's portrayed. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I wonder if they go into the casting decisions as like, 
all right, do these two look alike? I feel like that's going to be very important too, well, or, we, or at least have chemistry. Yeah, and we do know as far as far as everything we've read, as far as everything Gunn has confirmed or not confirmed, that the woman playing Supergirl in the Flash film not moving forward. Mm. So she will be one of those reset and recast. It will not be this Supergirl. So um, so there you go. <laughs> I, I feel like that's hard to be heard too because it's like, hey, one and done. Boom, you're done. Yeah, like, yeah. So. I mean, that sucks, but you know, it yeah, is what it is. So. For sure. I'm, I'm excited about this next one too because like, Don, I know it was only for one season on DCUniverse.com, but Swamp Thing, I feel like yeah. this is a very, you know off-branch version of everything going on with the dark side of society. And I feel like, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how they approach it. And you said it's going to be kind of like the series was on well, DC Universe. So there's been many incarnations of this character with all different from the time he debuted all the way up till recent times. He's had different names, he's had different backstories, he'd had he's had different, you know, so uh, origins of how he became that and all this kind of thing. But I think that the the storyline of Abby Arcane and so her father was one of the bad guys of Swamp Thing, right? The villain of the Swamp Thing story and um, was basically responsible for turning the uh, other professor or scientist into Swamp Thing. I think his mm. name is Howell. Um, I think that is the storyline that we're probably going to see. And, and Abby Arcane will fall in love with Howell again as Swamp Thing. And they'll try to solve the murder of what happened and how he became that. And uh, I think... In my opinion, it's the best version of the character, and I would hope that if he is going to be interacting with other characters, they need to humanize him a bit, not have him this horrific, scarred, vegetable-type-looking swamp thing. They need to at least have a a human characteristic or quality to him, and I think that storyline is the way to do it, is to have the love story between him and Abby Arcane and, and kind of go that route. So I'm hoping, I don't know, I'm not putting anything out, because like I said, we have no definitive plot details or what that's going to be we just i think that in my opinion that's the best version of the character in the comic books and i liked the swap swamp thing series um so i hope that that's the route they go for sure so, for sure and i mean the television side i feel like you know also brings a lot of heavy hitters oh without um, doubt and i feel like they definitely especially on the animated side they take a huge note from how successful Harley Quinn was and mm. the adult rated darker interpretations, especially with this creature commandos one. Uh, <laughs> I'm very curious to see how this is all approached. Um, I, I mean, I could see Swamp Thing popping up in something like this too. Um, Potentially. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, but, and then it's going to be interesting too, if it's going to be like, are they fighting Nazis in 1980s? Like, are you know, like, are back in time where Nazis were around? Not yeah, 19. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm kind of thinking it is going to be set. I don't know necessarily about Nazis, but I do think it's going to be set maybe in an earlier time, just because they said Flag Senior, mm. right? So the Suicide Squad flag that we've seen, Rick Flag, you know, yeah. has been current time. So Daddy would imply that this is going to take place a little bit earlier than that. I don't know if it's going to jump all the way back to World War II Nazi times, right? But potentially obviously an earlier incarnation so that, that since we're going to see the uh the senior um flag so i am interested in that i do like how they're going to have weasel in it and mm-hmm. kind of connect the the universes uh going forward um i think that that co- creature commandos is is j- 
James Gunn's attempt for DC's um, Guardians of the Galaxy. This is a very obscure, weird group of yeah. monsters that are kind of like nobody really knows. Yeah. And so how can we put them out there and kind of have these characters and make them popular? And I think that that's going to be the first attempt at it, right? For sure. Um, and I mean, everybody was curious too because Peacemaker was so successful on HBO Max. And yes, we are still waiting on season two, but I'm happy to see the gang coming back in Waller. I feel like that's going to be very, very integral, of course, to how Waller approaches everything because she's a little shady. Um, But And we all know that that whole team is also a little shady but also tries to do the right thing. Um, So I just love how they're bringing back that team. And, I mean, of course, I'm so happy to see John Cena returning to the role because that's my guy. Yeah, I mean, since since they're defining this as a continuation of – the Peacemaker season one, clearly I think that that's implying that the majority of the cast, the same actors will be back. Even though they've only confirmed Viola Davis, I would have to think if this is a continuation, that's a clear sign that they're moving forward with the other actors as well. I can't possibly imagine them recasting Peacemaker. That just doesn't make sense. And I guess in essence, this will be a peacemaker season two yeah if you will right it's kind of like book of boba fett (laughs) yeah yeah exactly it's going to be the bridge between you know the the next season of peacemaker whenever that will be um because clearly it's not anytime soon since he's writing superman and probably directing superman literally um this one super pumped about because i was not cool with them developing a Green Lantern series without the most famous Green Lantern of them all, Hal Jordan. Yeah. Um, how do you even do that? So apparently they agreed and didn't think you should do that either. So I was thrilled when they said the Lanterns was going to be Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Um, it's the two, in my opinion, probably most popular Green Lanterns. You did have Kyle Rayner. You do have Guy Gardner. You know, Alan Scott, the original Golden Age Green Lantern. But I really do feel like modern day, most people agree that Hal Jordan and um, Jon Stewart are the definitive Green Lanterns. And they're Earth's Green Lanterns. So while this is going to be kind of a mystery-type, you know, whodunit series, which I guess they're saying connects the big storyline in Chapter 1, like the the payoff at the end of Chapter 1, this is the series that's somehow going to be dropping Easter eggs or clues that's going to definitively bring all of them together into the big payoff. So, um... Super excited about it. Yeah, this is my most anticipated one. I'm real this one and the next one because um, I just feel like you know it's going to be very interesting to see these two because they're basically like police officers, detectives of the universe of the world, um, trying to figure out this crime and this overall story arc. So <coughs> I think it's going to be very freaking interesting. It'd also be funny if they brought in another Green Lantern from another world that was voiced by Ryan Reynolds. I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, possibly. I mean, you never um, know. But the way you described it is perfect because that's exactly what the Green Lantern Corps is. They're they're basically the policemen of the universe, and everybody has a sector, you know. And like I said, Hal Jordan and John Stewart are the Green Lantern of Earth and this u- sector of the universe. And then the Corps has Green Lanterns assigned to all of the different sectors. So the only thing um, I'm not, I'm sad about is Diggle not becoming Green Lantern. <laughs> I mean, that man, he deserved his shit, man. He deserved it. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it would be hard. I, I think they're probably going to stray away from it because I don't think they want anybody to be. Yeah. 
confused no. with the Arrowverse. But um, David Ramsey would make an awesome John Stewart. Yeah. Who, which is everybody thought that that's who John Diggle was yeah. actually. So I don't know. Um, this next one though, I, I am kind of really super excited about. Uh, also, um, I love that they described it as Game of Thrones ish because. Can you tell a story of Amazon Island, you know, Paradise Island and the Amazons and Themyscira without referencing the gods and yeah. showing the gods? Because that that they're they're basically a creation of the gods. Um, you know, Wonder Woman for sure is molded and that will they go that route? Will she be molded out of clay and dirt and turned into, you know, um, you know, life like through the gods like it was? Um, so I'm extremely excited to see how this war plays out. And will this civil war type thing be between the men and the women and how inevitably it becomes an all-woman island? Yeah. Like, is that how it's all going to play out? Um, super pumped about that. For sure. Me too. Me too. And I mean, I love that it's kind of it's kind of a period piece because For you, sure. you go back in time and you see... I hope you see like the start of it, you know, how oh, like doubt. everything is formed and how, I mean, I'm assuming we'll see like maybe Diana's mom or the mother figure. Oh yeah. Um, Queen Hippolyta has to, I feel like that's gotta be part of it yeah. because, you know, and they're Amazons and they, they you know, they age long, you know, right. so of course we can see them and they would still be around in modern times. Right. Just like Wonder Woman. So yeah, uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see. Like you said, I think that's going to be. I, that's popular genre right now. Yeah. The Games of Thrones kind of like old school Greece gods that's right. kind of a thing. It is. So um, I think that it's a great idea to add that into the storyline of um, it's going to be awesome. I'm not. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. This next one, Booster Gold, it kind of sounds like a comedy. I feel like uh, there's going to be a lot of ringers in that one. Yeah. No, I think this one will wholeheartedly be a comedy. And I think in some way, shape or form, because it definitely happened in the comic books, um, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold will at some point team up. Mm. Um, they they do in the comic books. They in fact they had a little series, if I'm not mistaken, of the two of them together nice. in their own series. And so, you know, they said that while Blue Beetle is a standalone film, it is a part of the DCU. Mm. So could we see? And I hope that you know they 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 didn't mention him by name, but I'm pretty sure that they are planning on keeping him. The same actor playing him, yeah. Uh, because I don't, I, I can't imagine them ditching him. Because from everything I've read and from what everything Gunn and Saffron have said, it's it's testing really well, and it looks like it's going to be a huge hit. Yeah. So, but to have Booster Gold play into that is going to be awesome. And yeah, this is a guy that figures out how to use this machine to go back in time, and he basically becomes a superhero because he knows everything that's going to happen. Exactly. So he's able to thwart all these crimes. Because he knows that they're going to happen and he knows what's going to happen. So he knows how to stop it. Yeah. And so he's pretending to be this superhero that's amazingly stopping all this shit. It's because he knows how it's going to go down. Exactly. And that's how. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a really great uh, addition, you know, and, and we do get that little bit of a comic relief from it all. So, um, yeah, I think that's really cool. For sure. And as far as, you know, the films in Elseworld, I'm still very excited about the sec Batman part two. I mean, I feel like, you know, Matt Reeves is on a roll with that one. Oh, for sure. I know it's probably going to be a couple years before we even see that thing. So that's going to kind of suck. The, I'm I'm not going to go see the Joker movie. I know you probably no. will. I'll, I'll see it, but I'm not I'm not a fan of it. I just I don't think it needs to be a musical. I don't think that Lady Gaga should be playing Harley Quinn. I'm just not. I loved 
the first one. And they should have just left it at that. Um, I, I think this one's a mistake, and uh, we'll we'll see. I just think it's not good. Yeah. Um, I would like to see Matt Reeves um, further look into and bring out that Joker character. Yeah. That seemed like a very interesting story. I know they said they don't want to address Joker right away in Matt Reeves' Batman because it's everybody does Joker, everybody does Joker. And so I think they're going to go a different route with some of the villains. Freeze. But we will eventually... I feel like see the Joker in that in that uh, storyline, and uh, I, so I'm excited for that. I, for I really sure. am. A lot of good things, man. A lot of good things. We are actually excited about DC. I'm, I know, I'm, right? I'm like, happy woo! to say that. Like, <laughs> and it's not just one thing because I felt like before in the past it was just going to be I'm excited for this, but I'm going to have to watch this to stay in the storyline with everything. But now, like, there's multiple things that I'm actually pretty freaking pumped about. So, I mean, I'm not going to give credit to Zasloff, but I'm going to give credit to Gunn. So and Safran. So I'm like I said, I'm. I'm pumped, man, and I haven't been able to say that about a DC film in a very long time. Yeah, and, and, and I think the smartest thing they did, because some of the biggest confusion was, how the fuck do we have like 18 Batmans and 47 Supermans and all this? So to definitively say, Elseworld, outside of the DCU. Exactly. Separate thing. Um, so there's no confusion now. It won't open with the DC Studios banner. It's going to open with Elseworlds banner, and okay. you're going to know this is not a part of what you're doing. We should also quickly mention, because you heard us talk about that part of the plan includes video games. Yeah. So they are developing new DC video games that will fit directly into... The story that is being told through the films and television. Now, somebody asked Gunn, well, what if I don't play video games and what if I don't buy any of those? Right. Will I still be able to follow along with just the films and TV? He said, yes, absolutely, don't worry about it. But he did say that the video games would have stories that would act as bridges to bridge the gap between movies and TV. So I guess that they'll have little... And yeah, I, I mean, like any geek, you could go and probably find Easter eggs and find out what the video game story was and how it connects to a TV show or a movie. But he said you that won't be necessary, so don't worry about it. If you're not a gamer, if you're not into the superhero games, you won't need to have those in order to follow along with the storyline. So. Yeah, how I think they're going to do it is it's going to kind of be like this Harley Quinn's Valentine movie that's about to come out where it's kind of like a standalone thing, but it also helps to kind of put in retrospect what's going on. Yeah. Like, not necessary, but also it's kind of nice. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. but yeah, man. Like I said, super excited about that. Super freaking happy. Well, now we're on to the top five segment, and this week it is top five TV shows that would have been better movies. Mm. And uh, it's very interesting and very different perspectives, I feel like, from both of us. <laughs> um, but man, I... the. Number five for both of us, it, we're like-minded. Um, so that goes to The Patient. Oh, that yeah. was a Hulu original. Very good. Don't get me wrong. Very good. But at some point, it did drag a little bit. And I felt like it would have just been better, a nice flowing film. Yes, you know? psychological thriller told in two hours. Yeah. I think it would have been really great. Yeah. Keep all the same performers. Oh, they were sure. freaking phenomenal and scary as shit. Yeah. But yeah, there, there, I felt like there was a couple of gap episodes that just drug and yeah. weren't necessary. So you could have consolidated it down into like a whodunit, you know, thriller type 
two hour movie. And I think it would have been awesome. I so. completely agree. I completely agree. Uh, number four for me, and I don't know if you feel this way, but it's uh, Cobra Kai. Netflix's Cobra Kai. I feel like each season could have been like its own movie, to be honest. Um, I Especially the first season that dropped on Netflix, which I believe was season two, two or three, um, uh, it was just, you know, something special. And I feel like the further it progressed, like we said, it got more and more cheesy and a little stale. Um, so I felt like if it got consolidated a little bit, it would have been better for audiences enjoyment um but overall i mean they're still rocking and rolling people still love the series but i for personal preference i feel like it would have just been better as multiple films and you i mean you might have made more money from that way too i mean maybe who who knows who knows uh i kind of feel the same way about mine number four uh, the book of boba fett um i thought i like the idea of you know learning what happened to him finding out he's not dead, what's kind of going down. But I thought the series was kind of a fail because it was literally just a, uh, here, watch this while we're doing <laughs> the next season of The Mandalorian. And I felt like that's what it was. It was just a gap show to hold you over until they finished production on the next season of The Mandalorian. Uh, it felt rushed to me. It felt like... Um, it was more of about lead what was going to happen with Mando as opposed to really diving into Boba Fett's story. Um, and I felt like if you wanted to do this, it would make an epic film. I want to see the story, and I would have liked to have seen it played out a bit better and more concise and more directed towards Boba Fett in a movie as opposed to just kind of spread out over a, you know, a few episodes two or three of which I felt even weren't even necessary just to fill the gap between the Mandalorian seasons. I just feel like, was there a place for this? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Did we need to know the story of? Absolutely. But it should have been, in my opinion, in a movie instead of the TV show. So. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, the first couple episodes, they explained what happened, the relationship between him and the uh, the Sand people, who he actually grew to grow a fondest right, of. Right. Um, but then after that, yeah, once you got to the Grogu and fucking Mando part, it completely changed. Yeah, like, it was the just... The first half was Book of Boba Fett. The second half was a like a that bridge which was uh, a little unnecessary and i felt like even that last uh, episode with that big fight scene uh in the town there were they were showing more of mando rather oh, than oh they were totally Boba showing Fett. yeah yeah which just you know yeah right. and i mean i'm glad it happened i am but yeah it probably could have been a fucking film um number 3 for me is the walking dead so i feel like again like cobra kai you could have made each season because each up until probably, I mean, up until season seven or eight, really nine is where we both dropped off, I think. Um, but up until then, like, it was very entertaining, them going place to place, dealing with different societies, just trying to make it throughout the, the world um, that they live in now. Um, but once you got to a certain point, to the point we got, we were just like... This is not even good anymore. They did stray away from the graphic novels, which, I mean, we didn't read those. So, I mean, but there there was so much more potential and storyline that we knew could have happened. And once we heard that, we were like, uh. And then, I mean, it, the story just got kind of dull. Um, so that's the main reason I dropped off of it. But I feel like, you know, the prison season, 
I feel like that is the best season of The Walking Dead. And I feel like, I think that's either two or three, um, but that's the prime. And I feel like that right there would have made a great freaking movie. Yeah, I think I think this could have been done in like maybe two, uh, three movies. Yeah. You know, the whole storyline from the graphic novel, maybe in three movies, possibly four. But yeah, just a couple of series of movies and then that's it instead of spread out. And I really would have liked to have seen, and I think this would have made an epic movie is first of all television just wasn't the place because there was a lot of backlash everybody was waiting for it and wanting and clamoring for it but then when it happened there was a lot of backlash when negan shows up and 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 just horrifically kills glenn yeah right so and then there was a backlash but everybody knew it was coming and so why the backlash happened i think it would have been far less backlash and just accepted more in a film than than on the way it was on tv but the storyline i really wanted to see and i thought we were going to get it and then we didn't when we saw the carl's eye get shot out and and i thought we were going to go um is carl usurping control of the group taking it from his father and becoming more of a ally with negan and negan being a father figure to him uh and carl just becoming a basic fucking badass and and uh, telling rick to sit the fuck down and take over um i really thought they were building towards that storyline and i was excited to see it and then they epically just dropped the ball and failed on that and went completely away from that and um that was the start of the end for me. I, I just thought, where are we going? Wait a minute. What are we doing? Well, like, there's so much of the story I wanted to see. Um, so I agree with you. I just think it would, it lingered too long towards the end. I think it could have been consolidated into two or three movies, and we could have seen that Carl storyline play out. And uh, I think it would have just been better accepted. The back half would have been better accepted by film goers as opposed to television. You so. would have had a nice little franchise. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then if you wanted to spin it off, you could. Yeah. Right? So anyway, um, my next two, my number three and number two are going back a little ways. And I don't know if you've even heard of, I, I think haven't. you've heard of Heroes. I haven't. Oh, well, shit. Uh, the cheerleader nope. saves the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, Milo. Old Jack from mm-hmm. This Is Us was, oh, yeah. holy shit. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll get to that. My number three is Invasion, which was a really cool first season. I And I, I want to say it only lasted a season or two, maybe only a season. But because by the end of it, it started to really fucking drag. Like, real. I think this could have been told quickly in a two-hour movie, which would have been badass. Yeah. But basically, it's about this town in Florida that's uh, going through a hurricane. And they go through this disastrous hurricane, and it fucks things up pretty bad. But then shit starts happening. And, like, weird stuff. And what happened was... You see what had happened is... Uh, <laughs> the the hurricane was actually caused by an alien invasion. They, they used oh. it as their cover to infiltrate Earth and into this area. And then all the sh- weird shit that was happening afterwards is these aliens were hidden there now. And they were, like, basically infiltrating and, and, and doing all this shit, you know, where they had invaded Earth. Um... And the people of this community were slowly starting to figure that out. Um, I think it would have been a really cool, quick sci-fi movie 
that would uh, an interesting premise about you know an invasion hidden by a hurricane and like they infiltrate Earth that way and everybody's caught off guard. Really cool idea. Just didn't play out well over a long season of 20-something episodes. It just, you know, you could have consolidated the story, made a really cool sci-fi kind of, you know, alien invasion epic movie uh, without having to spread it out over any kind of time. But it was, I loved the cast and I thought it was a really cool idea. It just, you know. It didn't work as a TV show. Yeah, it kind of falls flat, right? Yeah, I it mean, just you don't need to spread it out over a TV show. It would have been an awesome movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's kind of how I feel about my second one, which is A League of Their Own. That's on Amazon, which is actually very good and very well done. But I just felt like, you know, the pacing was kind of off. And I just felt like, you know, it could have been just a much better movie. The original is a movie. Why not just make it another movie? <laughs> With um, a different group of girls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, reboots are happening all the fucking time. Now, I get you were probably trying to be different and turn it into a series, but I mean, like I said, reboots are happening all the freaking time, so why not just turn that into a part of it? And people would have liked it. People, Some people do like reboots, I will say. Um, and this one was actually good. Did you ever watch any of this? Oh, uh, I did not. It was good. It was good. Um, definitely, I didn't get through the first season, but it's, uh, it's definitely still on the list of continuing to watch, and no news yet about if it's getting a second season or not, because I don't feel like Amazon pushed it the proper way. So, yeah, a league of their own. There you go. Okay. My number two, Heroes. Massively huge hit on NBC back in the day for at least the first season. And then it started to lose its appeal and die off only because it was very intense and it the story was was it it didn't it did they didn't follow through on the story as well as they could have in the in the lingering seasons. But the first it's basically about these group of people that discover that they have superpowers and are set out to save the world, but they have no idea how they're all connected. Mm. So, and they are connected. They all eventually become together. They all come together to save the world. And it starts off with save the cheerleader, save the world. And it's basically, everybody has this image of this cheerleader dying and they know that somehow she has to be saved. And that was played by uh, Hayden Pantier. Um, she was the cheerleader. And, um, and like I said, Milo Ventimiglia was was uh, the the main guy that was the first one to try to say I have to save the cheerleader. Um, it it was a brilliant show that they, they did it in comic book panels that become real life and cool. uh, and kind of. But the the whole intricacy of how they were all connected and what their what their their dilemma was of changing the world and so. This one guy, he his power was he was writing the comic books. He was painting the comic books, and they were coming to life because he was foreseeing the future of what was happening. And so there was a time traveler, and he would he 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 was a fan of the comic books, and he was reading the comic, and he was starting to realize that all of this shit in the comic books was actually coming true and was real. And how do I connect all this kind of stuff? Um, when we were out for um the America two uh, Jack Coleman. Mm. How I remember, I said, "Oh, HRG, HRG, horned rim glasses." Mm. He was a um, uh, agent of uh, some law in, uh, enforcement agency that was investigating these superheroes and and trying to keep it all secret, unknowingly to him that Claire, the cheerleader, was his daughter. Uh, and then eventually finds out that or whatever. But yeah, HRG is one of the best, like, is he a villain or is he a good guy kind of characters on TV at that point. Um, it was awesome. So 
I only say all of that to get to the point of, I think it would have been an epic film. They could have d- told this whole story in maybe a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour movie, and it would have been just absolutely freaking amazing and not run into the problem where it started to get long-winded towards the end of the season. Um it was massively popular. They did try to reboot it several years later with Heroes Reborn to continue the storyline. Did not work. People were not interested. Hence my probably would have been one kick-ass one-shot movie as opposed to continuing the story down the line trying to reboot it. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend it for anybody who likes comic books and likes like mystery and stories like that. It's a, it's a fantastic series. Greg Grunberg is in so many big name stars are in this series. Sulu himself, uh, you know, is in it. Um, just, I think that you should check it out, but my opinion should have been a movie just should have been. A movie. I mean, that's how I feel about my number one too. I, this is again, my own opinion. And, uh, a lot of people love this show. It's Amazon's biggest show out right now. Um, but the boys, I feel like the boys is very drawn out. Um, I know some, like I said, it, my opinion, but I just feel like it's a very interesting concept. It's so freaking interesting, especially the time period that we live in right now where superheroes are the biggest thing and they're not necessarily the best type of people in this show. But I just feel like, you know, it's hard to watch sometimes because yeah. some of the episodes are just like, Wah, and I'm just like, Ugh. but yeah, I got through and I was on the second season and I got through the first season <clears throat> and I was just like, man. I just, I don't want to watch this anymore. It's like the concept is cool and story arcs are like pretty decent, but like, I don't know, man. I just, something about it, it was just so draggy for me. So that's why I think it would be a much better franchise or show that Amazon could do. But what do I know? What do I know? It's very <laughs> successful for Amazon. So like I said, just my opinion. Okay. So my number one, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it could have been done better as a movie because I don't like the show. I fucking love the show. Uh, but it could definitely have been a blockbuster film as opposed to a, a series. They knew it because it, it it's only two seasons. They 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 had the first season and they greenlit it for a second season because they wanted to finish up the story. They knew it needed a little bit more played out to finish up the story. Um, that just says to me, even they knew this probably could have been told in one epic film. Yeah. It's basically a crime drama about a judge who ends up having to be a corrupt judge because his son ends up accidentally killing the son of a of a of the mafia guy uh, that runs the family in New Orleans. Did you say the title? Uh, Your Honor. There it is. Your Honor. So, um, I, it's just, and then how that all plays out, and then the ramifications of the ending of that first season. In okay, wow, that happened. Now what? Uh, I love it. It's fantastic. It, it, it it's brilliant cast. Um, with Brian Cranston and, and just the entire cast is amazing. Um. Totally could have been a movie, though, like a crime suspense thriller movie, like along the lines of a seven um, or I don't want to say The Godfather because nothing will ever touch The Godfather as a gangster film, but a mafia film. But this mafia family is extremely powerful and extremely well done. And the setting is in New Orleans and, you know, corrupt judges, which. Our thing in um, <laughs> I lived there a long time. I know. Don't come at me. Um, but uh, I just think it would have. It could have been a huge. 
blockbuster film with the cast that they have. Even the cast that they have could have been in the film, and I think it would have done amazingly well, and you could have knocked it out over a two-hour period instead of two seasons. But I'm loving it, and I highly recommend you watch it, but I would have liked to have seen this thing as a film. I think it would have been epic. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, guys, that is our top five segment. Let us know the television shows that you thought could have been better as movies. We want to know. Be sure to comment for below sure. in the YouTube section or add us at on Twitter at JLoganAustin and at CrazyAntCEO. We love the fan interaction. It's so fun. It's so fun to get everybody's opinions. It is. Uh, now heading over to the box office recap. Last week, uh, I mean, still the same old, same old, man. I'm just saying. Avatar is still dominating at the box office. Got in uh, about $16 million. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, uh, brought in $10.5 million. Pathen brought in $6.9 million, took the third spot. A Man Called Otto is basically staying at that fourth spot uh, with $6.7 million. And mm. Megan brought in $6.3 million at the fifth spot. Yes. Now, the new movies that are coming out this week are Knock at the Cabin, which I know you're very excited about. Super excited about. I think that one, I want to get back to predictions because uh, we're starting to get back to normal. I think that one is going to do under $20 million. Really? Because uh, from what everything I'm seeing or hearing, it knocked off Avatar this weekend for the number one spot. Maybe. So, yeah. of course, you'll find that out next week when we tell you. But from every indication I'm getting, it did claim the number one spot. So, yeah. we'll see. Like I said. Under twenty million. That's what I'm predicting. <laughs> Which could still claim could the number one still, spot. That's yeah, what I'm easily, saying. We're so. saying the same thing. Um, Eighty for Brady. Uh, I'm very interested to see how that one does. Um, I'm thinking probably around fifteen to twenty. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because a lot of females are going to to this thing, and they a lot of people are also saying that Tom Brady planned his retirement video specifically to promote the, his film. So that's a very interesting concept. I honestly have no desire to see this film. Whatsoever. I think it looks funny. I want to see it. It's so good. Um, now the amazing Maurice, whatever that is, um, also comes out, and Bosch and Rocket also comes out this week weekend at select cinemas near you movies you can still go see are missing plane left behind uh the rise of the antichrist um infinity pool and the wandering earth 2 i hear plane is really good i remember us talking about it a lot during the industry news over all of last year with all the casting announcements but i hear this is a really good high intense action film so uh, i mean gerard butler's the one that's doing it yeah so (laughs) i mean it's really like it's impressive to see because of all of the white house down movies and now this one i mean he's really the only guy who's making standalone action films right now yeah i mean, basically. I, can't, I can't think of another one i mean mark Wahlberg tried with that uh that one that just went straight to peacock but i mean you know yeah 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 and well and they're different they so are. they're different. You know, Liam Neeson's still out there kicking ass, making action movies, but they're all the fucking same. It's true. It's basically the same fucking movie with a different title every time. It's true. I just, I mean, if that works for you, great. But uh, yeah, it's exciting to see that there's an action film out there that is different, that is kicking some ass. So. For sure, for sure. Now head never to Top Pro, our IMDB Pro Top Trending segment. Of course, Avatar The Way of the Water is still rising high on the top trending movie. Oh, of course. Top trending show, of course, The Last of Us is still freaking scaring the shit out of us. And it's just doing absolutely amazing. If you guys have not checked it out, be sure to check that out on HBO Max right now. And Anya Trove is 
is the top trending star. Of course, of from The Last of Us. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. Exactly. I, I really want to interview her. Yeah. I think she's just. I loved her on Fringe. I I think she's fantastic now. And uh, we interviewed her. Uh, X, yeah. Mark Valley way yeah. back in the day. So why not her too? Why not? That why might not? not be a selling point. No. Uh, I don't. I we don't probably know. Probably shouldn't, shouldn't say that in the pitch email. <laughs> uh, man, oh man! Thank he you. He was so a much. great interview, though. He was fantastic. Thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode two seventeen of Itcaf Podcast. We got to thank you one more time for listening, watching, and getting crazy. Yes. Be sure to follow the social media platforms. Of course, at Crazy Ant Media on all on all. All social media uh, platforms at itcaf podcast on all social media platforms and of course uh, everything's okp on uh, instagram and twitter that is our mental health podcast the second episode is out now titled lost the loss of a loved one due to death or disconnection a lot of good stuff in that one um if it's very heavy man it gets very heavy so we just want to prepare you if you do go <laughs> and listen to that episode yeah, a lot uh, of laughs in this episode a lot of <laughs> cries in that episode a lot of tears it's good but... to have the balance yeah good to have the balance uh be sure to um uh subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast anchor apple podcast spotify google play music our hair radio podbean stitcher and so much more if you're watching the video on youtube be sure to hit that like button below subscribe to the channel and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest notifications coming out of crazy ant media and be sure to visit our website www.crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear we got shirts we got hats be sure to follow us on social media so you know when our promotional sales go live that's very important man yes uh, and i th- believe the next one is valentine's day and i think it's going to be like 25 percent off yeah so be sure to uh follow us and we still that. got free shipping through tomorrow yeah. so if you order today you can get free shipping so all the good stuff know, do that all the good stuff well man oh man like we said in the industry news, uh, we named our top stuff that we're looking forward to. I mean, you really didn't say which one you're most looking forward to. Is Superman, it the Amazon? Superman Legacy. Yeah. At, 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 for me, the only re- the reason I became a filmmaker, the reason that I love comic books and, and, and film and all of that world, be it whatever side you're looking at, the comics or the movies or whatever, was... Superman the movie. Yeah. So the idea that we're going to get a Superman legacy movie from someone who is a huge Superman fan and also has that love and affinity for that original film, I just think means all kinds of good stuff. And I'm super excited to see what they do with the character and have him reestablished as the Superman we all know he should be. For sure. So, I mean, I'm more excited for the television side just because I'm scared about the film side. I'm not going <laughs> to lie just because of previous abuse. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Green green Lanterns and the um, the Amazon one. So I'm, I'm really excited, man. I, I'm excited to see what happens. It looks like they have... A good thing set in motion, so I, I'm I'm very very curious, very excited, anticipating all the good things, man. I just want to see good things come out of DC and Warner Brothers, to be honest. So yeah, yeah. Well, I think the one thing that I liked most that they said is that nothing will be green lit and or go into production until they have a completed script. 
that they approve of, meaning they're not just going to rush it together and throw it out there to try to catch up. They are going to take their time. They, this is going to be a, 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 a marathon, not a sprint, and that, that they're building this from the ground up slowly, which is what they should have done in the first place instead of just trying to quickly catch up with Marvel. That's was never going to happen, and they failed miserably at that. I trust that Gunn and Saffron, when they say that it's a marathon, they say it's going to be a slow process and they're going to build properly. I believe them, and I think that's why it's going to be successful. For sure, for sure. Well, you guys know we have to end every episode by honoring and loving the one, the only, going to go see 80 for Brady, Oprah! Oprah!